Welcome to the Cinescare podcast with Matt and Joe. And uh, we are starting, this is our first episode, so congratulations people, you are joining us for our very first episode. I'm Matt Speak. And I'm Joe Jans. And uh, we have known each other for quite some time. We went to college together in Davenport, Iowa at uh, St. Ambrose University. And uh, if you, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I was just thinking about this today. Uh, in the 90s, you, you did a radio, well, you remember doing a radio show for St. Ambrose Radio, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, we had actually talked about doing a show back then. And we're just and now getting around to it. We're just now getting around yeah. to it. Yeah. It's We've only what? 30, uh, 20, 19, 25 years later? No. 20, 29 years. 29 years later. Yeah. Jesus. I have um, things to do. Yeah, I mean, we were busy. So uh, we finally did it. And it, it, this show is going to be, as you can tell from the title, Cinescare Horror Podcast. Uh, it's going to be about all things horror, mainly horror movies and horror television shows. But it could be anything. It could be uh, graphic novels. I know, Joe, you, you really like graphic novels, some of them horror-themed. Uh, it could be, um, It could be all kinds of stuff, actually. And actually, uh, Matt, coincidentally, you and I met because of horror, uh, Beauty Queen Butcher. Oh, is that when we met? I, I ran into you at the uh, premiere of Beauty Queen Butcher, you know, the oh. world-renowned film. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Filmed right here in the Quad Cities. I remember I, I got a tux for that stupid premiere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I don't worth mean, every penny. Yeah, I don't mean to say stupid. It was a fun yeah. movie, and and uh, it was you know it was a big deal in the Quad Cities in uh, Iowa, um, and the the people involved were fantastic. Uh, was it Shane Partlow, Jill Zerlo? I think was her name. Yes, Zer- Zerborg or something like that. Yeah. And um, all of those yeah, they, people have gone on to huge careers in the horror industry. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I well, I uh, Shane has done a lot of theater at least, but uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think much happened after that, but, um, and I don't remember if you were in thirst for blood, were you? No, 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 I was okay. not. That was one that the cameraman for beauty queen butcher, he directed it. It one called thirst for blood, but, but beauty queen butcher, you can find it. Um, I don't know who distributes it now, but once in a while it pops up on, on a, one of those online streaming services that does B movies. And it is, it's not even a B movie. It's really probably a C or a D movie, but you can probably still get it at a blockbuster near you. Maybe. Yeah. If there are any, I did one. It's like up in Alaska, I think. Oh really? Yeah. There's one remaining in the quad cities. I know they still have video stores. Uh, cause I was there. Oh, yeah, Family year, video. Yeah. When I was there, Last year, yeah, family video, yeah. Which, which you don't find those anywhere. Well, it's the only place to get DVDs and CBD oil. <laughs> they have CBD oil? Yeah. <laughs> that's like on their marquee every time I drive by it. Wow, that's crazy. It's a lost leader, but you know, you got to sell it. <laughs> so, um, this is obviously October. It is. What are they, everybody's calling it spooky season now. I don't know where this term came from. I, I guess it is spooky season, but suddenly I, I hear it everywhere, spooky season. Um, but I, I call it Shocktober, and that is, and there's the Shocktober challenge, which many of you may have heard of, and that is uh, you watch one horror movie a day through the month of October, and uh, Joe and I have been doing that. So uh, I've got six 
because I watched one today, earlier today. Uh, how many do you have? I have three today. Uh, I'm slightly behind, but that's one of those assignments that if you get behind on and then you got to catch up, you mm-hmm. know, you're not really twisting my arm that I got to watch two or three horror movies in a night. Yeah, no, I, it's not a problem for me either. Yeah. Except stand my, up. Yeah. What's that? Just put a gun to my head and I guess I'll have to do it. Yeah. The only problem is staying up later than I, I want to, but, um, but you know, what are you going to do? It's October. It only comes yeah. once a year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I guess, you know, we could talk a little bit about what got us into horror. Um, I, uh, I was terrified of horror movies when I was a kid. And I think this is a common story among um, horror fans. Uh, I would, I was terrified of, I couldn't even watch the commercials for horror movies. What was uh, the first, first horror movies so like true horror film you ever saw? Well, um, I guess the first one I saw that I actually, I watched the whole way through, uh, cause I get too scared. Um, was 1980. They did, um, Halloween night. NBC showed the world premiere or the, television premiere of Halloween, John Carpenter's original Halloween. And um, my brother, Terry, and I, we got a bunch of pillows, blankets, popcorn, and uh, just laid out on the floor and, and watched, you know, he was like, you'll be fine. It's not, you know, it's in television. They'll cut out all the bad parts, all the scary parts. You'll be fine. And I was, you know, I was like, oh, because I did love Halloween. I loved all the spookiness of it. I just didn't like horror movies. So, we got out the blankets and pillows and I was hooked ever since after that. And, and it was a great night for it too. Cause I remember, I still remember like laying there and we had all the lights out except for our, whatever decorations we had. And, and there was like wind blowing and past the house. And so it had that whistling wind kind of sound going past the house. Um, so that was really what got me into it. How about you? Uh, my first like actual horror film that I saw uh, I was, we had wrapped up a football season, you know, like pop Warner football, you know, when you're in seventh grade and, uh, the coach was going to have everybody over and there was a bunch of older kids on the team. They all decided they were going to watch nightmare on Elm street. It was the first one. And I had never really seen, I mean, I'd seen scary movies or scary ish movies here and there throughout the years, but I'd never seen something at that level. And sat down and, you know, I'm sitting around with a bunch of football friends, friends of mine. And it was daytime, you know, it was middle of the day. And I'm watching this thing scared the daylights out of me for like three days later. Couldn't sleep. Just always, you know, have the nightmares about being in some sort of boiler room and Freddy Krueger slicing his fingers along the, you know, the, the pipes and whatnot. And just, oh, just totally affected me. And then days later when you're you're out of it and you, you realize oh it was just a big dream no big deal that sort of turned the corner for me and that's when i really started enjoying it and started seeking it out and i kind of wanted to see you know how do they make that stuff how does that stuff work and got fascinated with the makeup and the special effects and the props and everything like that and just been a downward spiral into it ever since yeah. I think there's always that one movie that you saw that like hit you 
you know, I, I think for most horror fans, there was one, and it's usually when you're relatively young, there's one movie that you saw that just scared you to death, but in a fun way, mm-hmm. you know, and and, it, and it, it's almost like the feeling you get when you're on a roller coaster or something. And so I think that that's what, I think that's probably a common story for all horror fans. Um, and I remember when I saw Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, I saw it in the movie theater with my brother and it was, it was in Rock Island, Illinois, uh, down by the, the district at the time, it wasn't really, they hadn't done much with it. It was kind of dilapidated down there, but they had this old movie theater. And, uh, so we, and that was the only place in the quad cities that was playing it. So we watched it and the part, uh, at towards the beginning when the girl like flies up in the air and is like bleeding and, and, you know, ceiling and yeah. Yeah, he's got her up on the ceiling. <laughs> this guy stood up and said, "Well, that's it for me." And he like <laughs> he walked out. And yeah, I, I just remember he had like all these little kids following him. He had like five kids with him, and they were all like t- like elementary age kids. Yeah, I don't know how they got in or why they let him in. Um, it was back in the day where they enforced seventeen and older on yeah. those movies. Yeah, yeah, they, they really didn't. They obviously didn't card those kids, but um, yeah, I, I don't. It, uh, but the kids weren't the ones scared. Like it was the dad who was, was scared. Parent, like the, that's the it for me. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it was a mistake that he went to the movie and didn't realize what it was going to be and thought it was just going to be some kiddie thing. I don't know. But yeah. okay. Actually, I was going to ask you, what's your? You know, this is an episode one, so we, I mm-hmm. you got to establish what's your go-to horror movie. You know, I, I don't want to say um, favorite, uh, but because it's such an all-encompassing question, it's sort of hard to ask or answer, but what's your go-to? Well, um, I'd be probably my answer is the same, whether it's my favorite or, um, or the go-to it's Halloween. Uh, and probably for the very reason that I told you, I got into horror movies was watching it that night. And, um, that's surprising. Yeah, I'm sure that's, that's, that's not the movie I thought you would have said. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right um oh are, are you being serious now or are you I'm joking? totally serious no i'm that's not oh. the movie i thought you were gonna say um i be you know the other one would be the shining of course and that, that that's what was, i thought you were gonna say that, that's mine. i mean if i if if i was to say what i think is the best horror movie ever made probably Probably I would say the shining. Um, but it's, that's not a, that's not one that you just, it's not comfort food to me. You know, it's not one that I just get out. It's kind of a hard watch, you know, and it's, it, 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 it's methodical. I mean, I watch it probably almost every year or every other year. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it's not one that like Halloween, I could get out anytime and just put it on in the background and it relaxes me. It's like, I, I just love the whole atmosphere, the feeling of it. And, um, so that, that one for sure would be my, my go-to, like if, if I just wanted to like, just relax and watch something that's like comfort food, it would be Halloween. Yeah. Mine, mine still, it's, I know it's a hard watch, but it's, it's still the shining. I can go back to that mm-hmm. thing time and time and time again. Uh, it's not like I'm finding anything new, but I'm still not tired of it. You know, and especially this time of year, it's on like an AMC or an IFC like every other weekend. And uh, yeah. I could probably turn on a channel right now and find it, you know. 
Yeah, no, I, it was on last night. I turned it on yeah. and, and watched, you know, and it, Kubrick's movies are kind of like that. It's easy when they're on television, it's easy to just turn them on and then you kind of just don't turn them on. You like, you don't change yeah. channels. Yeah. Uh, if it's 2001 or full metal jacket or any of those, like I, if I see them on, I'll, no matter where it, it is in the movie, I usually wind up just watching the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I mean, definitely I would, you know, if I was to say my movies that, you know, are my favorites, the shining and, and Halloween would be the ones. Yeah, you know, for sure. Not uh, Halloween um, three season of the witch. I liked Halloween three. I do like that one. Yeah. I, I like it too. It just jumped yeah. the franchise shark, but it, oh, it's totally still it is a standalone film. It mm-hmm. was, uh, it was top notch. I loved it. Yeah, no, I mean, I it probably shot itself in the foot by calling it Halloween three, sure. you know, and then there's there's no Michael Myers and right. and uh, um and it's these melty masks and stuff and kind of a bizarre storyline. Um, Silver wasn't Shamrock. Even really, yeah, Silver Sham wasn't even really a slasher or anything like that either. It's more of a almost a, a cult horror more than anything else. But um, yeah. I, you know, I could have understood if they'd stuck with the slasher theme at least but they went in a completely different direction they could have just called it season of the witch and be done sure. with it but but i think they, but wanted, they wanted to, to capitalize on that halloween yeah. name well also i i read that uh carpenter wanted it to be like an anthology right and that if he was going to be involved he just wanted it to be an anthology uh and of course when three came out it it didn't really work and so that was the end of that uh, you know it, it wasn't exactly well received but yeah um let's see i but it, you know i love in terms of the halloween franchise i love halloween one two three and four and then i like this newest one that came out in 2018 um so i like all i, I usually watch all four of those every every october is that the the rob zombie reimagining no uh 2018 was the one uh well it came out in 2018 (laughs) but it uh it was just called halloween and that was the did you see it Uh, Uh, i saw the rob zombie ones i don't believe i've seen that one which one yeah paul rudd is that number four no that was part six part six that was uh the origin of michael myers i think (laughs) or the curse of michael myers or something like that they changed the name at one point but right um and then in the yeah, 90s, they went to all the Halloween H2Os. Yeah, Halloween H2O and Resurrection. Right. And I think they were, H2O was kind of like, they were trying to be like Scream or a Kevin Williamson movie. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, which it wasn't great. I didn't care for that one too no. much. But it was okay. But um, five and six, I didn't care for. I didn't care for H2O and I didn't like Resurrection. But this it's, newest one, you should, you should watch. It's good. Yeah. The whole Halloween franchise is like pizza, you know. There, there's no such yeah. thing as bad pizza. Just it's pizza. Exactly. Just eat it. Yeah. If Michael's out there killing people on Halloween, that's I want to watch. Yeah. Yep. I will be there. And that's what I liked about this newest one is they had him walking around town while kids are trick or treating and everything. It was it was a great scene. I loved yeah. it. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, so I'm going to start us off with my movies that I've watched this month and um, um, so far. And I started out on the first with um, The House on Sorority Row 
from 1982. It is, it's a, it's a slasher. Um, and it's one of those where you're not sure who the killer is. Uh, so there's kind of, I guess, sort of a twist involved. It's not really the, you know, it's not like a, an M night Shyamalan level twist, but I, there's sort of, they keep, they keep it, uh, in the dark. So you're never quite sure, even though you kind of maybe have an idea what the, what's going on. Um, and yeah, we're not talking about the greatest acting, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I do, I do remember this one because in the video stores, the cover, I always remember the cover. Um, it was like some girl scantily clad, like kneeling in front of a window. And uh, it was, it would always jumped off the bot, you know, the, the shelf at you. Uh, Cause it was, and the, and of course the girl looks nothing like anyone who's in the movie. Right. Um, none of the characters look like this person. I, not really anyway. So I don't know if the, it was, it was, must've been done after the fact or before the fact, I don't know. Uh, but it was directed by a guy named Mark Rossman or Rossman. And, um, it, you know, it, they, they went for atmosphere, you know, it was, it's, uh, it's not, um, there's not much gore. There's a little bit, um, but it, I think they had such a low budget. The gore wasn't very good. So I have a feeling they, they probably had more, uh, planned in terms of gore, but, but they didn't didn't have the money to do it very well. So I have a feeling because the the stuff that they did show was pretty fakey. There was like one uh, moment with like a head that was like it looked like paper mache and uh, um, a couple things like that. They kept in, but I have a feeling they did a lot more and they just cut it. I don't know that for sure, uh, but it's a fun one. It's it it's uh, uh, they they it's got a good atmosphere. They try to take their time. You know, the acting is hit and miss. There are a couple girls who act pretty well and a couple that were terrible. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but overall, it, you know, I had a good time watching it. It reminds me of, um, I mean, for obvious reasons of uh slumber party massacre, yeah. um, which is another, you know, underrated slasher from the eighties. And I hadn't seen, sorority row the whole way through until this year i'd seen it bits and pieces like maybe it'd be on someplace and i or somebody had playing at a party or whatever um but i'd never actually seen the whole movie from beginning to end until this year and that was the same for sorority or um slumber party massacre same thing last year i, I watched that for the first time from beginning to end but i'd seen most of the parts um at one time or another so yeah, it was a good one to start out with. It was fun. Um, kind of gives you the old eighties vibe and, and, uh, um, not the greatest production value, but you can tell they, it, they were trying at least. What's what was your first one? Uh, my first one was the South Korean film, uh, I guess, hashtag alive. Uh, oh, yeah. the, uh, that's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, uh, zombie film. And, uh, I, I will say it was enjoyable. It was your typical zombie film. Uh, again, they start off in the middle of everything where you have absolutely no idea how this outbreak started. Uh, it, it centers on the main character. He's kind of a, I'd say millennial aged kid that uh, just wants to stay at his mother's apartment and play uh, video games all day. 
and uh, his family's gone for the day, and he all of a sudden gets a text message that says, oh, there's something on the TV. He turns it on, and all of a sudden there's this huge outbreak of zombies and just people terrorizing each other all the way through the streets. And, of course, he lives in a giant uh, apartment complex. And uh, so you're watching this mainly from his point of view from atop a, like, eighth-story uh, apartment building. And, uh, you know, you're seeing people just getting torn apart on the streets. That being said, um, this is uh, for those young filmmakers out there trying to tackle a movie genre, these uh, real fresh zombie movies that something just happened. That's where you save all your money. Cause you don't have to do stuff like the walking dead where you're aging these zombies and making them look like they've been around for, you know, coming out of the ground or been dead for decades. Everybody was fresh. So, I mean, you're talking some, uh, red eye contacts, some makeup and some hairspray, tatter up their clothes a bit, throw some blood at them and you're done. Um, now that being said, it's, I'm not slighting the production value of this. It was actually done quite well. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the character will, the main character reaches his breaking point, which happens in most zombie films and, uh, Another character is introduced to sort of stop him from ending everything, uh, proving that life can go on. Um, it was good. It was entertaining. Uh, again, it's all in uh, subtitles. It was filmed in South Korea. Uh, if you have an issue with it, uh, with reading subtitles in zombie films, uh, don't be swayed because there's not a whole lot of dialogue. Um, it was actually pretty easy to go through. Um, so overall, you know, liked it. Wasn't the best zombie film I've ever seen, but, uh, certainly wasn't the worst. Yeah. I mean, if you have a problem with reading subtitles, then you're, you're going to be missing out on a lot of really great movies because there's some fantastic foreign horror movies. Uh, and watching, if you watch a dubbed version, you're, it's, it's always awful. Like it's, oh, it's you know, the dubbing is most of the time doesn't match and, and you know, it's just, it doesn't work. So uh, if you can't like watch a dubbed movie, then you're going to be missing out on some fantastic films. Yeah. And usually when they do an American version of these, they're not nearly as good as the original. Um, my next movie i watched on the second was 30 miles from nowhere and it was on shutter uh this is one i hadn't i hadn't heard anything about i went in completely um uh clean <laughs> of any knowledge <laughs> of this movie Virgin and, territory. Uh, yeah it's got a cool cover and then i, I watched the um i watched the i did watch the trailer and i kind of looked up what the what the um, rating was on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. Um, it, it's it's not great, certainly. Um, it's a, five college kids uh, getting together. It's sort of like a, a horror version of of uh, the Big Chill. Uh, they, they're not they're not college kids. They're they're older now, um, but they were friends in college, and one of their one of their friends has died. So they're coming to the funeral and they're stay, they stay. He has the, their friend who, who he basically killed himself, I guess. Um, he has a big property out in the middle of the woods and he has a cabin on it that they always used to stay at. Like, I think it's his family's property. And uh, so his widow who doesn't really know them invites them 
his friends to come out for the for the funeral and to stay at the at the cabin and of course they stay at the cabin and suddenly very strange things start happening and you're not sure if it's a haunting or if someone's out there stalking them or what it is um but it was uh it was a good concept i guess but there were just a lot of really bizarre things um that didn't make a lot of sense it's hard to get into without you know spoiling too much but um it it just it, it didn't it didn't quite go where i think i wanted it to go and 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 some of the some of the character choices and and that sort of thing were just a little uh didn't didn't make a lot of sense really um so overall i just kind of it was one of those where okay that was all right and after it was over it wasn't bad by any means i think some people might probably hate it but i think other people you know uh might just you know like me it it filled an hour and a half (laughs) of time and it, it wasn't the worst hour and a half i've spent but it 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 just needed a little something i'm not sure what it was but there was uh, some just some um, logic issues in the in the narrative and in the plot that that, that just kind of took me out of it, I guess. And then and then the ending really kind of came out of nowhere. Really, um, it's okay to have a surprise ending or an ending that that doesn't do what you think it's going to do. But when it come when it really doesn't have any logical sense, you know, uh, based on what's come before, then it it really just takes you know it's hard to accept it hard to believe it so that was my second one well it's sort of a mild disappointment all right we're moving on to my number two yeah this is the one i can't wait for this is the babysitter i loved it mm. this was uh i found out today actually it was filmed in 2015 but it wasn't released until 2017 this was on netflix i have no idea how this never picked up on my radar i uh, this is just this is fun horror at its best in my opinion um don't expect like tons of gore don't expect a bunch of jump scare moments it's just good wholesome fun uh it was story about a uh, teenage boy who's kind of a nerd always getting picked on at school and um he's got a babysitter that's coming to sit with him for the weekend as his parents go off on this little romp and uh, she is the epitome of what every grade school boy's dream is of a babysitter. She's hot. She's funny. She's tough and uh, really seems to care about uh, Cole, who is the main character. Um, the babysitter's name is B. And uh, so Cole's little girlfriend down the street and him are talking and they they're always wondering what she's doing at night after he goes to bed. And so this is going to be the night that he decides to go sneak down and spy on them. Uh, Cause he hears that she's going to be inviting some of her friends over. So he creeps down the stairs and is peering over the banister watching them and turns out they are demons and start doing a human sacrifice. And uh, they find out that he's been watching and the melee ensues after that. It's um, it's a lot of lighthearted comedy. There's a lot of great special effects in there, uh, a lot of great practical effects. And uh, I, this is hilarious. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, summation on uh, IMDb, and the plot keywords are babysitter, egging a house, bully, and lesbian kiss. So... <laughs> 
Um, and then, uh, lo and behold, while I was doing my little bit of research here on uh, IMDb, I found out I must have missed a second one because apparently there's a sequel called The Babysitter Killer Queen that yeah, just, it just came out on Netflix. Yeah, in 2020. So that is definitely going to be on my list for next show. But uh, yeah, I've, heard, is, I've heard mixed things about the sequel. Um, I, oh, I, I, I'm not expecting much. Yeah. Um, but, but it's got I, all the I, same I, cast and same director. It was directed by Mick G, mm-hmm. um, who did all of the uh, Charlie's Angels films. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. I, he did a movie I saw a couple years ago. Now I can't remember. It was a straight to Netflix movie um, that wasn't all that great. But um, but yeah, I know I've been meaning to watch The Babysitter, and I just have never gotten around to doing it. Um, totally recommend it. Yeah, put it okay. on your calendar. Excellent. Uh, well, my number three is. I do highly recommend this one. Uh, this was alone. Um, and if this one just came out and I believe it was supposed to come out in theaters this year, uh, but it's come out. Um, you can rent it on any of whatever, wherever you rent, I guess on Amazon or, or wherever you rent movies. Um, and it is fantastic. It's, it's basically a woman starts out. A woman is leaving, uh, her, uh, uh, well, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, she's basically leaving her husband and um, she's moving out of town and moving, I believe in with her parents, maybe until she can figure it out, which, and they're several hours or a couple days North of her. I think she's moving from LA to like Portland, maybe, or something like that. I couldn't remember the town, but so she's driving cross country Um across the West coast with uh, like a trailer behind her. And she keeps running into the same guy along the way and their interactions become more and more um, kind of intense and he becomes creepier and creepier and she goes places and, you know, she'll see him pull, you know, she'll stop someplace to call her mom or just have a cigarette. And then like his car will be driving by in the background and, um, it's, it, he's basically stalking her. And of course, eventually he kidnaps her and it's about her trying to escape from him. And, uh, it is intense. I mean, this is probably the most intense thriller I've seen, uh, in quite some time. It's bare bones. There's, there's no, there's not a lot of, um, there is, uh, some body horror, a little gore, um, uh, with a couple moments where she injures herself. Uh, but, but there's, there's not, not much to the story other than just this competition between these two, this, uh, he's obviously like a serial killer, uh, kidnapper and, uh, this poor woman and, uh, her trying to get away and it's it, but it's, it's so well directed. And the guy who directed it, um, he's been around for quite some time directing a lot of different things, mostly television. Uh, but I don't, I've never seen him before, but man, is it tight. It is a tightly woven. There's like no excess in this story. It starts out, you're sucked in from the beginning and it does not let you go until the end. It is I mean, Michelle and I were sitting here, my wife, Michelle. Uh, and I mean, we were, you know, it was one of those where you're like, Oh my God, you know, we're like verbalizing our, our, uh, 
anxiety. Uh, it's a good one. So I highly recommend it. It came out just, I think it just came out last weekend uh, alone. All right. My, uh, my last one is, uh, this is a series that just recently started on HBO max called the third day. Um, it's, uh, starring Jude law, Emily Watson, um, Naomi Harris, uh, amongst a cavalcade of others. But, um, and keep in mind, I am an episode and a half into this. There are six episodes in total. Um, it all takes place on this mysterious Island, um, uh, along the British coast. And, uh, uh, Jude Law's character finds this girl out in the middle of the woods, uh, trying to kill herself. And he manages to stop it and, uh, wants to take her back to her home to make sure that she's safe and, uh, offers her a ride and starts driving her back. And there's this causeway that uh, depending on the time of day, it gets totally washed over uh, and uh, it makes it untravelable. So he finally waits for the tide to go out and he's able to drive through and brings her to this uh, little village, um, which has a midsummerish type of uh, vibe to it you know there's something creepy going on but you just can't quite put your finger on it and uh lots of uh special coincidences that prevent him from getting back off the island in time to uh even make a phone call to his wife there's uh coincidentally they're working on the island's uh communication network and so they, they can't even make cell phone calls or landline calls um but it's it's grabbed my attention enough right off the bat that I'm I'm willing to put in the time for the other five episodes. Um, you just kind of got to figure out what's the secret of this island, what's the secret of this village, and uh, doing a little research, I found out that the first half, the first three episodes, are called Summer, and that's going to be focusing mainly on Jude Law's character uh, entering this village. And the last three are going to be called winter. And, uh, that's where Naomi Harris's character is going to be vil- uh, visiting the same village. Uh, but it's, um, it's a mystery thriller. It's, uh, it's intriguing to say the least, but yeah, they got me hooked. Yeah. I, whoops. Cut that. Oh, yeah. Uh... So you can see that. <laughs> You're good. Um, I can hear you. Uh, the, um, I, yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, that show, we've been watching it too. And we're, I think we're not caught up. I think there's one uh, that came out last night, I believe. So we're, we've only watched the first two, two or three episodes now. Um, but it's, it's, that show is really good. Jude Law is fantastic in it. It does. It has that full horror kind of thing uh, going kind of like Midsummer. Or obviously like the Wicker Man and some of those others like that, where it's a village in England, you know, where something or in Europe where there's some festival going on. Uh, Yeah, that it's really good, though. It's very well done. It's kind of it's got a lot of um, it's almost like dream logic to it. You know, it's like, is is everything happening the way it's supposedly happening or is he on drugs or, you know, it's 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 kind of uh, 
and you can't really tell like you know all of a sudden he'll just be in the woods you know uh like he'll be talking to somebody and the next thing you know he's he's in the woods how did yeah, he get there jump, you know jump cut to three miles away yeah right yeah and, which it's like that dream logic where all of a sudden you know you are someplace else and you don't know how yeah. um uh, but he doesn't even really question it he's just going so i don't know if if all of a sudden he time really jumped like that for him or if we're just not being shown what led to him being there i don't know it's it's yeah. it's unusual but it's really good yeah um <clears throat> so i have two uh left one uh was was recommended by the pure cinema podcast which is a fantastic podcast if you're just into you know, movies in general. And it's hosted by Elric Kane and a guy named Brian Sauer. And uh, it's actually um, produced and uh, supported by the uh, New Beverly Cinema in, in Los Angeles, which is Quentin Tarantino's personal theater where he shows whatever he wants there. It's uh, including movies from his own collection. And, uh, but these, these hosts um, are fantastic. And, And uh, um, so they had recommended this one. They did a show on on horror television shows. So which I hadn't there ha there weren't there haven't been a lot of horror television shows that I've seen that really you know struck me as being really good. Uh, but this the, this was one that they recommended. It's called The Midnight Hour. It came out in 1985. Uh, it was on ABC in 1985. And it's got a pretty good cast. It's got Sherry Belafonte, Harry Belafonte's daughter, and uh, uh, Dick Van Patten is in it. He has a small part. And then a couple people that um, uh, I had never seen before but were really good. Uh, this um, kid, uh, what's his name? Uh, John O'Lee uh, was this girl um, uh, who came back from the dead. Uh, but she doesn't really know if she came back from the dead and, and she's not really a zombie. Uh, but basically it's this group of kids in this small town that they find a parchment with a seal on it uh, and they break it open, of course, and they're, and they just go to a cemetery and read what's on the parchment. And basically all of the dead come back to life. It's very, I'm sure very influenced by Thriller because it's 1985. Thriller had come out just what a couple years before, uh, so and it has a very Thriller look to it in terms of the zombie makeup. It's very Thriller-like, um, the coming out of the graves and everything. Is there, but is there a dance number? There is. Yeah. There, okay. Great. Yeah, there really is. In the middle of it, there, they have a Halloween party, and uh, and there's this big dance number in the middle of it uh, that's sort of Thriller-ish. Uh, not completely, but a little bit. Um, but it was a lot of fun, uh, and and really for for a te you know when I see the words television movie from the eighties, I'm I'm not expecting very good production value. But this was this was something. If you had told me it was a movie in 1985, I would have believed it. It was really nice production value. I was very surprised by uh, the look of this movie. It wasn't. It did not look like a TV movie at all. Uh, you can, unfortunately, I, th I think you can get it on Blu-ray, but I, but it's not available anywhere, but on YouTube. Were you aware of the fact that this is Macaulay Culkin's first ever on-screen appearance? 
I did not know that. He, he must un, have been one of the brothers. He was a trick or treater. Oh my! <laughs> that is hilarious. Wow, yeah. I didn't even see that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's funny. But um, a couple of the characters were really good, and uh, this uh, this kid Phil, who's played by Lee Montgomery, uh, I don't think he really did very much after this, and he was really good. And then the girl that he it was his love interest, the girl who came back from the dead. Uh, her name was Jonna Lee, the actress. And I, I'm surprised that these two didn't go on to do big things because they were both really good in it and like good looking kids and everything. Like I'm surprised, but uh, I guess that's just what happens. Um, but that was the midnight hour. If it's only on YouTube, unless you want to buy the, the, the Blu-ray, but I had seen people commenting on it on, uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and it's got a, a very good rating on Rotten Tomatoes, like 85% or something like that. Wow. Yeah, and I saw a lot of people commenting on it that it's a yearly tradition for them to watch it. So um, this was a, a hidden gem. Thank you, Pure Cinema Podcast, for this one, because uh, this is one that I will watch again sometime. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a yearly tradition for me, but it was it was a lot of fun. And then uh, the last one I have... I watched uh, just today, or I finished it today. Uh, it's called Followed. Uh, it says on IMDb that it came out in 2018, but everywhere else it says it, it came out in 2020. I, I don't think it was released widely until this year. So, um, you know, it's either a 2018 movie or a 2020 movie, but uh, it, I think it's USA to be debut in the United States was um, 2020. Um, it might have done festival circuits before then. I don't know. Um, but I, I think that's what they're calling it. It's a found footage. Um, so it's got, it has all of the problems that found footage films often have. And that is not a good reason to be recording this conversation kind of, you know, um, problem. Uh, there'll be conversations between people like, would you really have your camera on for this? Like, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense. Uh, a few of those, but that's typical. So if you're, you know, you're watching a found footage movie, you kind of just have to accept that suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Suspend your disbelief. Um, it's just the way it is. There, there were only a few moments in this one where that was, you know, obvious. And one of them, you, you kind of got, you kind of understood why they did it because of something that happens during the scene. Um, so one of them, it, it, it were, was forgivable. Um, but there were some creepy moments. It, it's definitely one that like, if you don't have anything else to watch, it's, it's, it's worth watching. I think it was, I think it's on shutter uh, midnight hours on YouTube alone is on is for rent 30 miles. Yeah. So this one, yeah, I believe this one was on shutter as well. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's for rent. It's for rent on, on Amazon. Um, so I did rent it, but, uh, it's, it's got a few creepy moments. They basically, and, and they take the found footage, their, uh, way of handling the found footage situation was that this guy is a YouTuber and he's trying to be like an influencer. Uh, and he's trying to build a, an audience. So one of the things he does is goes to places where murders happen and then acts like a, he, he, he basically acts like an idiot. It's hard to like him, but I think that's the point. He's one of those YouTube stars that, um, 
you know, is kind of hard to like, and they're, they're a little too hosty, you know? Uh, so I think they did it as a, on purpose that way to make him unlikable, at least for the first half of the show. But it's a bit over the top. Like it's hard to get through some of his stuff because he's so over the top. Uh, just but once, cheering for him to die. You, you're kind of like, well, I don't really yeah. care if this guy dies, yeah. but eventually you get to a point where his partners, you like, they're more subdued and you do like them. So you do care about them. Um, but eventually when stuff starts happening, then you start to feel for him a little bit more. Um, but basically they have taken up a challenge to go to this famous hotel in downtown Los Angeles uh, that's supposedly haunted where a serial killer killed a bunch of people in one of the bathrooms and they stay in that room. Uh, and of course, you know, the shit hits the fan and uh, stuff starts happening and uh, you know, you can kind of guess where it goes from there probably, but it, it was, uh, there were some, some nice creepy moments. It wasn't great. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely worth checking out if you don't have anything else on your play. And if you're a big found footage fan, uh, which I know some people are, my brother loves found footage movies. Uh, so he might really be into it. If you, if you really like, if you're over found footage though, this is not the one to watch because, the the hosts the things that i think bug people about found footage is often the hosts uh of whatever the show is that they're recording or whatever you know the person record doing the recording is often annoying to people and this guy is like that times 10. um so you know if you're if you don't like found footage you you know whatever then don't watch it because it's a very typical one but if you like it it hits all of the you know all the boxes it checks all the boxes for found footage so, and um, other than that, I'm just looking forward to this Friday, uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor comes out on Netflix. On Netflix. So that's my next thing. Of course, I'll you know, be watching other movies until then, but uh, that's the thing that I'm excited for this week. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I am going to follow up while it's still fresh in my head with that sequel to The Babysitter, but... Uh... Mm, other yeah. than that just be digging into the archives trying to find some old gem that i either yeah. haven't ever seen and needed to get around to or uh just something god-awful terrible <laughs> well of the ones that i watched i'd say the the ones to look for would be alone for sure that one is legitimately good scary uh it, in i don't know you know it depends on what you mean by scary but a very intense thriller um and then uh the midnight hour i think was is if you're looking for something fun and kind of lighthearted, uh unfortunately you have to watch it on youtube unless you want to buy the blu-ray um but if you don't mind watching a movie on on your youtube or on your phone or on your computer uh or i suppose you have it on your tv too um that one i is a lot of fun so i was thinking i might actually hook up my old vcr assuming i can still find it i think somewhere i have a vhs copy of tombs of the blind dead Mm. It's like nice. a Spanish uh, ghoul film, but ah. uh, I haven't seen that one in decades. But I might, think maybe might be worth a revisit. I think we might have watched that in Chicago. I, yeah, I think you you showed me a couple movies like that uh, when when we both moved to Chicago and I stayed with you. Yeah, on the weekends, and I I still have my VHS set in cherry mint condition of uh, Faces of Death. Ah. 
Nice. Might have to break that out. Yeah. <laughs> Always looking for a reason to pop that in. So I, I'm never looking for a reason to pop those in. Oh my God. It's just, I just get a plate of spaghetti and put it on. Oh and just God. Pick out how terrible it is. Just Ugh. how fakey it is. You know, when someone's committing suicide, there's not really seven camera angles. Yeah, that's true. We don't, we don't usually have a coverage shot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Joe, I think we did it. We did it, Matt. Episode yeah. one in the can. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, all d- two of you or all three of you, of you yes, or whatever. Yeah. Friends uh, and family. And hopefully you liked it. If you did, please tell your friends and your family about it. And uh, like Joe said, and uh, go to iTunes or Google Play or wherever it is that you where you stream your podcasts and uh, give us a like and uh, give us, you know, whatever five stars or whatever it is that they, they ask for on there and tell people to, to watch it or listen to it and uh, look for the next episode. Uh, yeah. It will hopefully come soon. We're all new to this, but we're, uh, we're going to get it out there. Yeah. We, I think uh, I, I'd like to do at least one more episode in, in October. So, uh, and then after that, you know, we'll see how it goes, but uh, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. Bye. I'm gonna wait to the midnight.